Have you decided yet? Have you reached a decision? Don't be hasty now, Gregbit. We have decided that you are not the We're Watching Podcast. What? But it's nighttime already. It's recording night. That's all you've discussed? If a podcast is worth introing, it's worth taking a long time to intro. But you're part of this podcast, aren't you? Huh. It's been so long, I don't remember. Well, I have a way to change your mind, and I'm going to take you to see cats. You're going to have to talk about it, buddy. Tree buddy. Cats. <laughs> Please, no. I haven't seen that since I was drugged to it with the pod wives. <laughs> Tom Hooper should know better. <laughs> Gandalf, what has become of you? <laughs> uh, Barra Room, etc. Welcome back, everybody. We are here to hey, everyone. discuss movies. It's movies for when. It's your boys. We're here once again. The, uh, yeah, the theme's so nice, we've decided to extend it thrice. <laughs> Movies for when you've had a stressful day at work has kind of evolved into discussing the entire Lord of the Rings trilogy, so it's time for... <laughs> time for part two. This is for you, Kevin Prather. When you, when you commented, I come home after a stressful day at work and watch all three, I called your bluff. I called your bluff that you don't watch 11 and a half hours of TV on a weeknight. But you know what? We're doing all three just for you, buddy. Thank you for commenting. Yeah, there's a lot of time for movies and now podcast content. So you got it all. Um, yeah, like we talked a little bit last week. I didn't really have a super stressful day at work. And then this week was horrible. I had an extremely oh, no. stressful week at work, so I was ready for just a good movie that had two towers in it. And since I couldn't find the Nicolas Cage movie, The World Trade Center, streaming anywhere, <laughs> I went ahead and uh, booted up the old two towers from uh, Peter Jackson in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. So this is where we're at. You sent me that, and I was like, that's going to be my 1,000th review. <laughs> interesting very nice for coming up yeah my 1000th review was cats so glad you found your calling there <laughs> <laughs> oh buddy uh well if you need a watching partner i'm here for you um you know i do i will <laughs> i'll i'll fall on that sword with you man uh so this is uh i i, I wanted to issue an apology last episode i screwed up I thought I was being a smart guy and turning my microphone the right way, and I turned it the wrong way, so I was talking into the back of my microphone. Audio quality should be better this week. Denny said he didn't even notice, but he listens to the podcast <laughs> with his uh, phone in his shirt pocket and the speaker facing up. So, If anybody knows how to fix a car stereo, 
we already know that asking AutoZone for stereo fluid doesn't work. Yeah. So please, please skip that suggestion. Hey, I think my speakers are out of gas. Uh, <laughs> not really sure. The guy at the QT was no help. So, all right. Yeah. Um, what if they were like, dude, the radio just stopped broadcasting. Your speakers are fine. Radio is no dead. more radio. It's no one noticed but you. <laughs> Dude, we're part of the problem because after all, video did kill the radio star. So, yes, no more, <laughs> no more. Podcasting audio. killed the broadcasting star is what I would have to say. Mm. You're part of the problem. No, we're part of the natural evolution of media. All right, fuckers, don't fucking act like you miss morning talk radio. Don't act like it was better. Stuff is insulting. Yeah. I don't know who we're talking to, but yeah, <laughs> tell them, Duddy. <laughs> All you good old days back when I had to listen to commercials instead of extremely niche interests broadcast directly to my phone. I know you're out there missing your little orphan Annie on the radio, wondering why you're getting a crappy little Ovaltine grift. It's because the radio is not your friend. Only we're your friends. <laughs> we're your only listen friends. To us. Listen to us. All right, well, before you listen to us talk about the Two Towers from Peter Jackson, extended edition, of course, we're not casuals, after all, uh, listen to us talk about the other stuff we watched this week. Denny, other than the Two Towers, which took uh, four hours to watch, what else did you see? Jesus did it. Um, you know, Easy. I actually had some quality quality watches this week. Um, <laughs> I'll start with the least quality, though. I watched everyone's favorite new hit farming a character for content series Wednesday. Um, oh, interesting. It fucking sucks. Okay, <laughs> It's a shit show. Um, everyone just can't stop posting about it. Um, no, it's a garbage fucking show. One of my friends described it as Riverdale at Hogwarts, and I think that is just the perfect description of it. Um, fundamental misunderstanding of the Adams family. Uh, same friend said they've got the creepy, but they're missing the kooky. Um, it's oh, all this man. like serious ass. The Adams family hates each other, and they're having serious drama and. Wednesday like hates Morticia and thinks like shames Pugsley for being emotional. Um, and it's just like, dude, the whole point of the Adams family is that they're societal outcasts who are just immensely satisfied with their way of life and love each other. Um, that's the fucking appeal. Uh, showrunners, you have misunderstood what makes it cool. And I hate to say this, Greg, I hate to say this. Because I love him so much. Uh oh. Louis, Gu Louis Guzman is an atrocious Gomez Adams. <gasps> no. Like, he is, like, so bad at being Gomez. And I love Louis Guzman. I love him. The Green Greendale alum. Greendale alumni. Shit. You beat me to it. <laughs> Greendale's uh, own Louis Guzman. Oh, God. that sucks, man. I'm happy Dude. he's getting work, though. I wanted to... How was Jenna Ortega, though, who played Wednesday? She was in X. I like her a lot. Yeah. Um, very believably much younger than she is. It's hard for... I loved her performance in X. Um, she's not a bad Wednesday. It's one of those things where it's like... 
the writing is so bad that it's hard to call any performance good. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They're like, doing the best with what they not... got. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas like, like, again, I hate to say this about him. Luis Guzman is stinking up the joint. Like he is like an obviously bad performance. Um, but everyone else is like fine. It's just like, no one is giving a good enough performance to make me give a shit about this. Like, hour-long ya ass bullshit drama episodic fucking oh i'm cool and goth yeah well i like colors oh we're not gonna get along oh don't mess with her she's the cool girl <gasps> you mess with the cool girl like jesus fucking christ i feel so, like i just watched a whole episode <laughs> that was about the first fourth of a really long really boring very uh uh just the i wish there was a word for this a word for when you should have worked harder to have my attention hmm. um like i i can't believe people are giving their attention to this mediocrity when there is so much good shit on don't ever let them coast like this and get your views. Don't you ever give them your views for this coasting. You make them fucking work for you to fucking watch it. Um, do not accept this mediocrity. I put it to you. I'm, I'm putting out a, a, a call to all streaming lovers, all you out there in streaming land, make Netflix do better than this. Can't just take all the things I don't like about late period stranger things and remove them <laughs> and then make a show of only those things. Okay. Well, you just can't. You can't do it. Uh, yeah, listen up, Netflix. Well, so you started off with the lowest of the lows. Do you have anything more in yes. the middle here? Yeah, give me a second to find my center, because I got way more mad than I thought I would talking about Wednesday. <laughs> I did not intend to get that emotional. Lemon, it's Wednesday. Um, Calm down. <laughs> it's Wednesday. You know what that means. That's how they start every AEW Dynamite. It is Wednesday, my dudes. Um, yeah, so, Greg, something weird is happening this year. I am feeling festive about Christmas. Well, it's about um, time. It is. I don't know if I've had a transcendental experience viewing my past, present, and future guided by spirits. Mm -hmm. I don't know if my heart has grown a couple sizes. It is the time to be jolly is. and joyous. So Yes, and I'm basically -la -la. like a young Santa. I like cookies, I'm hairy, I'm rotund, my cheeks are red all the time. You remind me a lot of um, Tim Allen, yes. Thank you. I deserved that. Um, Kids these days but, don't want to work anymore. <laughs> I couldn't even do it, I got too much phlegm. Trans people um, exist? <laughs> fuck Tim Allen. Swish. Um... No, I'm feeling festive, and I've been watching some Christmas stuff. Um, I've been watching all of the Bob's Burgers Christmas episodes. Um, they are so good. I'm a big fan of The Last Gingerbread House on the left and Bob Resty, Merry Gentle Mannequins. Um, very, very quality stuff. Put me in the mood. Um, not that mood. It doesn't make me want to... Get my holly yeah. tingled. Uh -huh. Um, uh -huh. <laughs> get my mistletoe up. Um, but <laughs> um, 
I also watched Violent Night, mm. um, starring Stranger Things, David Harbour as alcoholic, angry, ass-kicking, diehard Santa. Um, it's pretty fun, man. It's a fun movie. Uh, I don't want to get too in-depth into it, because I know it's a candidate for our Christmas episode. We haven't decided on that yet. Um, but it's it's pretty cool. It's a little long. It's 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 almost two hours, which I think... This was a tight 90 get in, get out thing if I ever saw it. Um, there's some really cool violent scenes. I think Santa went on a little too much of a journey before we got to see the violence we were promised. Um, we could have just had him start out that way, and I think that would have been more of a gag of just like, yeah, Santa kicks ass, don't you know that? Mm. Um, I think they could have leaned a little campier for the ridiculousness of their premise. I would have liked to see them dial up the camp a little bit more. But still a very solid, fun, theater-going experience. Um, I, I, I enjoyed it, man. It was a good movie. Um, and the other Christmas movie I watched was Christmas Vacation, an old classic. Uh, I love checking in with the Griswolds. I think that's like a movie for me, for someone who spent so many years hating Christmas and just complaining the whole time. Um, I, I enjoy a movie that um, can acknowledge how miserable the holiday season can be um, and how you just want everything to go right and everyone's trying to pretend they're having a good time, but really everybody hates it. Um, and Christmas Vacation is kind of the the magnum opus of that genre, I would say. Mm -hmm. Easily the best vacation movie. I'd probably put it in my top five Christmas movies. There's a couple bits that I don't feel like they need. Um, it's like, at a certain point, it's like, we get it. He tries to do a Christmas thing and it goes wrong. You know, I think they could have done like two less of those um, and they would have had a little bit of a stronger movie, but even that's kind of nitpicky. It's a beloved uh, Christmas classic for a reason. I completely forgot that John Hughes wrote it, um, and then mm. it made so much sense when I saw that, because I was like, right, yeah, it's a rich, white, suburban family uh, bickering at each other, and John Hughes, for some reason, thought that was like a beautiful part of culture to preserve and romanticize. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, all he ever writes. Um, so... Yeah, that's my uh, that's my we're watching from the week we've been watching. Um, there we go. And not to infringe. As always, I'm I'm playing a lot of Animal Crossing, man, a whole fucking lot. What else is new? Oh, um, and I've got one more. I went to oh. uh, Ring of Honor. I went to uh, Ring of Honor Final Battle Pro Wrestling Show. Watched it live. Uh, quality entertainment. Was a huge fan. Everyone should give AEW and Ring of Honor a try. That's what I did yesterday. Nice interesting i hope that people do because i don't think i will but Greg. i'm not a wrestling guy necessarily hey you just too sweeted me before we went on the air you've you've, you've got like 80 percent of it down i'll dip my toes every once in a while every every now and then um so the things that i've been watching excuse you i'm sure that was just the chair um oh <laughs> i have a condition it's called leather it chairs well, <clears throat> I, I like I said, I had a very stressful week at work. I basically only had time for this movie, The Two Towers. Like I, I, mm -hmm. I generally try to like watch a movie, like as we're winding down and going to bed. My wife's already asleep, and I'll just have the headphones on watching a movie. But uh, yeah, I had, I was working nights at a lot of. 
a lot of days this week, so I, di- I didn't have Fuck, dude. I didn't have any time. A lot of games to work. Bummer. So the only other movie I watched was a movie that I think could have won this theme if we had not done Lord of the Rings. It's called Good Morning. It is a Japanese film from 1959, and it is just a enjoyable little slice of life movie about this little this just this little japanese community in the 50s and like basically like the most serious plot element is two brothers that are like maybe six and ten they're very young and they really want a television so they can watch uh, sumo matches and they decide to not speak to their parents until they get a television. And that's like as serious as the plot gets. Like it's it's just awesome. It's, it's so relaxing. It's so fun. The music is good. It's shot very well. Like if you enjoy any single one of Wes Anderson's films, like I understand he isn't everybody's cup of tea, but usually people like one of them. Yeah. It's not like that super symmetrical look, but it it's got like this similar kind of homey feel and vibe to it. So, if you enjoy like any of his projects, I think you'll get something out of this. It's a really it's a real lighthearted treat. So, good morning. It's on HBO Max. You can watch it and just vibe with it, have a good time. Ultimate stress reliever. Like it's just you really get invested into this little community like all the house it's like this little housing community yeah. all the little houses are really close to each other they're just like sliding their doors open talking to each other they say the Dude. name of the movie a whole bunch like it's it's just nice it's a nice time sounds like my kind of thing man i'll have to i'll have to give that a watcheroo it was a surprising um i was surprised how much i enjoyed it and i was also surprised that cj had a review of it on Criticer. it seemed like he was also hey. he also really enjoyed it um he got really into japanese culture for a while oh yeah he did Tried to learn japanese i don't know if he ever fully learned it yeah we'll test him oh well, dude how, how do you find out about these movies you're always watching this... like really obscure foreign films and i'm like christmas vacation <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah all quiet on like last week all quiet on the western front that was like a top netflix hit and like a couple other international films but like this one was some girl on tiktok is like she'll like do a randomizer she's like here's the random movie i watched and she's like she has like a randomizer wheel that goes through the streaming service and then another wheel to pick the letter that the movie starts with and then another wheel to say like out of all of the movies that start with a G on HBO Max, I'm watching film number 12 or something. And cool. she talked about this movie. I was like, oh, this actually seems really interesting. Nice, <laughs> like, nice. Like some of them are duds and then some of them are pretty awesome. And this one was a really awesome one. So nice. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go out on a limb, give this one a try. And I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, I need to follow that account. I'll send you some vids, man. Uh, the other thing I watched is also on HBO. You know, I've been talking about... I talked about last week, we've been watching Succession and really enjoying it. Mm-hmm. When we're not in the mood for a little bit of a dramatic show like that, it can be very intense at times. 
my wife and I will watch another show on HBO Max, HBO Max original show. Uh, it's called The Other Two. Do recommend. It is about a like a 13, 14 year old kid who is uh, he has a breakout song. He's going to be the next big pop star. I think the show they say <laughs> uh, <laughs> looks like he's going to be the next big white kid. So he's got like a Justin Bieber style. <laughs> That's actually a reality show on NBC now. The next big white kid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a spinoff of The Masked Singer. Oh my god. Well, yeah, it's it's this kid. He's like, um, becoming like the next Justin Bieber, that kind of thing. But like, it's focusing on his two older siblings that are like twenty four and twenty six or something like that. His older brother and sister. It's just kind of, um, their life and their perspective. Um. It has two people in it that um, I know you'll love. Ken Marino and Molly Shannon. Yes! Victor and Gail from Wet Hot American Summer. Yes. Yeah. Victor Pulak. <laughs> Dude, they are so fucking funny. It's like, it's very adult humor, but it's not like, it doesn't have like the thing that all like adult shows have where like, the humor is derived from like narcissistic characters and um just like black humor and like cynicism that kind of thing which it has its place but this one's a little bit more like they really do love their little brother and it's not like they're completely riding on his coattails to success they really do love him but they all have their own problems individually and i don't know it's it's a fun show it's really good so the other two cool. i do recommend the other two it's very funny. Based on Justin Bieber's siblings, I'm sure. Uh, I think he's the oldest one. I think he has, like, a younger sister. I don't know. I don't know shit about uh, the kid. Uh, but, yeah, Molly Shannon, this is this might be... She's so awesome in this show, man. She's so She's underrated, fucking, man. She's, she's so underrated. She was in Horse Girl, too, that I talked about a couple yes. weeks back. She's she's very funny in this show. She's incredible. It like yeah, she deserves very, more flowers than she gets. Very funny and very wholesome in this show. As the show goes on, she's great. All right. Um, I actually did start another series I wanted to throw in. Um, yeah. Our Universe on Netflix. Uh, Vanessa and I are nature doc connoisseurs. Um, and we also like documentaries about outer space and how the universe formed. Uh, and this one combines them. You get to see animals and space in the same documentary narrated by none other than Dude. the great Morgan Freeman. Oh nice. I was about to say I could just yeah. watch I could just watch Space Buddies if I want that combo, but <laughs> Space Buddies kicks ass. <laughs> That's a little too good, so I'll settle for this boring yeah. ass real shit. Uh, <laughs> around the time they met like a lost Russian cosmonaut who'd been drinking vodka in a space station for years I was like this movie is good <laughs> <laughs> that legitimately only... happens oh, <laughs> in Space Buddies if only they could do a collab with the uh, Super Buddies um... <laughs> everyone was so fucking mad at me I used to work at a camp and uh, we got to watch a movie on Wednesday nights. It was a family camp, um, and the parents would go on a date, and we'd play a movie for the kids. And I bought Space Buddies on DVD and mm. campaigned for it all week mm. and got everybody to vote for it. Nice. And then everyone was 
pissed off at me. <laughs> Isn't that the best? And I was, though? I was not allowed to choose the movies in the future. <laughs> Isn't that the best though? Just, Space buddies ruled. Just like doing something that makes other people so fucking angry, but like in a funny <gasps> and harmless get, way. And you get them to vote for their own anger. Yeah. Like, <laughs> You trick everybody Honestly, into doing I, this. I did it in good faith. I thought we were going to all have like a good, silly, ironic watch. And we're there with a bunch of kids, so some of them are going to like it unironically. Not the no, case. <laughs> everyone was mad. I had a great time. I loved Space Buddies. <laughs> and at the end of the day, that's all that really matters. Oh, yep. man. there's. <laughs> if I'm happy, I'm happy. There's no law in the Constitution that says a dog can't be president. Uh, <laughs> to quote Colby Shelton. Yeah. All right, that's a little bit of uh, what we've been watching this week. It wasn't a lot, but we did have a lot to say about it, obviously. And, uh, you know, we're recording on a Sunday, but we had a lot to say about Wednesday. But we have a lot more to say about our second installment in our fifth installment of the series, <laughs> our second installment of the sub-series and fifth installment of the main series, it is The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, a 2002 film that you can watch on HBO Max or Amazon Prime Video if you have that. But if you want the extended version, which is what we watched, that's on HBO Max. I also have it on Blu-ray, which is how I watched it. Holy shit, man. I'm so happy we're doing this series. I will say that. Me too. I'm I'm so it's glad. It's like our extended edition of Stressful Days at Work series. Yeah, I've had extended stressful days at work, and I'm so glad to be like, reminiscing on I'm this. I'm personally, I'm always extended when I'm watching Tolkien content. That's not always true. But, because <laughs> The Hobbit, you know? I had to call a doctor because it lasted more than four hours! Am I right? God, these movies are long. Doctor, this movie's so long. <laughs> Just like my... All right, so I had, like... We we discussed our relationships with... Uh, I don't think we need to really... Do we need to summarize the plot? The story continues. Um, <laughs> what we said last time, we're still trying to destroy the, the One Ring. If, yeah. if, if, if you haven't seen the first one and the the covering the plot of the second one is going to make even less sense so why are you even yeah. here get out of here watch the movies and come back Sir, welcome back glad you enjoyed the movies to our show uh, my, uh, my relationship is that every year a uh, friend of the show andrew chili willy willis had uh, a birthday party where we went to see lord of the rings in theaters three years in a row it holy was shit yeah dude what a rock star that that that's awesome um, I, we I was to see Torque the next year because <laughs> more Lord of the Rings, and it was a step down. Well, we got to keep <laughs> the tradition torque. going. Fucking Torque! No, no we don't. Uh, <laughs> I hope Jesus, you guys had fun was... at least. We were like ninth graders, like knowing what a bad movie it was. <laughs> mm. It was so fucking stupid. And for a while, like in your youth. All movies are good, basically. Yeah. Um But yeah, after after seeing Lord of the Rings, you're like, no, some stuff is special. 
and torque is not special. <laughs> so, yeah, man, I relationship, I was going to say, it's probably going to be about the same. Relationship is basically like what it is for the whole series. Yeah. Like, like I said, my dad wanted us to see the first one, and the hype train had left the station at that point, and we were <laughs> in theaters opening night for the second installment, and I had a fantastic time watching it. And and again, I should have looked up uh, this information after last week. I don't know when the extended versions came out. I think it was maybe a couple of years after Return of the King had released. They released like a box set for all the extended versions. But yeah, my relationship with this this movie in general was I watched this movie in theaters. We got the DVD soon after, or the VHS, whatever was going on at the time. And I played the shit out of the GameCube game version PS2. of this. Yeah, the PS2. Two Towers the two towers video game. It was game? fun, man. It was so fun. Wait, I, I don't remember if it was Two Towers or Fellowship, but I remember... It's a blue cover. A it game. has all the Aragorn, no, Gimli, and Legolas. No, it was Two Towers. Yeah, it was yeah. Two Towers, yeah. You played primarily as those three, and you would like level them up as yep. you went through the game and you could like i think you could unlock characters shit man like it it was awesome i loved it i loved that game i did I, too there's like i get in certain moods and i'll like watch i'll go on youtube and watch playthroughs of games from my childhood and i think like sometime in the last few months i found one for the two towers gamecube or ps2 that era like that that video game and it unlocked a lot of memories it was a great game. It still looked cool and fun as hell. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I think I rented it twice. I didn't own it, so I didn't play it as much as you, but I remember very clearly the sleepovers I spent playing that game. You mm -hmm. know, like, it was yeah. it was a good time, man. It was a really good time. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, all right, so the movie. The movie. Yes. The movie. The, the film. Movie. The picture show. Now, this one's a little bit longer. I think it has the same runtime as The Fellowship of the Ring, but... It's close. The Fellowship of the Ring was like 40 minutes of credits, and this one is like 20 minutes. So I think you get about 20 minutes more movie this time around. Yes. And I don't know. It, I'm going to work hard through this series to not just repeat myself. Um. Uh, with with points over and over again i don't think i said this the first time though the title the lord of the rings in that metallic gold text with mm -hmm. the music just coming in just like puts me in a sort of mood mm -hmm. soundtrack it just gives me goosebumps there's just like the music has this aura of mystery around it it's just like this fantastical sensation that just comes with yeah. the title and the music and the magic is alive and well. I think they revisit the magic nearly perfectly. Um, I know you you talked a lot about the Fellowship being your favorite for particular reasons, and some of the magic kind of gets lost, but I think there's still a lot for me in the second and third movies. Yeah. Well, and I also will say the magic is supposed to get lost. Like, that's the story they're telling. They're getting, mm, like, mm -hmm. further and further away from these beautiful, peaceful lands and more and more into these bleak, horrible places. You know, like, I, I, I don't, that's not like a 
complaint. That's the story. Like, is that right. it's less magical and more terrible, but... Um, but I, I think it was captured really well in this too, since we're talking titles. Am I remembering correctly that when they put the two towers, it's just flat white text, right? Yes. Oh, I can't remember if it's overlaid over like the image being filmed or not. I can't remember if it's over a black screen. I believe it is. Yeah. But there's no, it's just white text or three dimensional. Yeah. And I thought that was, uh, a really cool way to communicate a tone change that mm-hmm. we are we're in the thick of it right now this yeah. is not we're not opening in the shire right <laughs> like that's not what's happening gang there, there's no longer a phase of discovery here like you know what's going on and this is just where we are so let's yeah. get the ball rolling a little bit i will say yeah. i agree with that completely and despite all that i do feel like at least Sam and Frodo still find like little moments to be like struck by the wonder of what they're witnessing, like the oliphants, mm-hmm. that kind of yeah. thing. Like there, it the whole Fellowship of the Ring. Most of that was like, oh my god, we're in the land of the elves. Like I can't believe we're witnessing wood elves and like lands that you know, and having adventures that nobody would ever believe. And in the two towers, it happens a lot less, but Sam and Frodo still find those little moments to be like, no one at home is going to believe that we saw these oliphants. But the difference is, are they going to get home to tell these stories at all? Right. There's just kind of that sense that the characters kind of know, but they're not really willing to um, speak to, I guess. Yeah. But they still have that sense of wonder to them, and I really like that. Well, and I think that the idea that they're going to get home is what keeps them going. And so they need to not acknowledge that there's a really good chance they're not going to make it. Right? Like, they mm-hmm. they need to believe they're going back to the Shire, and I think they both know that. I think they both know it's what's fueling them to press onward. Yeah, absolutely. And... It's not sad yet, but it's kind of starting to be, I guess. Yeah. Oh, things are getting darker, you know? Like, we see Frodo is starting to get corrupted by the ring. Um, We're seeing, like, you know, women and children driven out of their homes, children separated from their parents, sons dying left and right. (laughs) Um we're we're def this is a much heavier movie um you know like even like the levity and the the fantasy elements of like mary and pippin and their little side adventure with treebeard mm-hmm. even that is like really sad you know like they're talking about how like the orcs destroy their forest they haven't seen the entwives in so long they don't even remember them even mary and pippin think they might be killed cuz no one believes they're hobbits like you know <laughs> like it's all it's all pretty heavy and then you know that really this movie is just heat on the heels heat on the heels heat on the heels right like we don't mm-hmm. see a lot of uh baby face moments of victory but when they start blowing the comeback right when we take down Isengard and then even more so than the ends just smashing the fuck out of Isengard which is so cool um Mary and Pippin find the finest pipe weed in all the South Farthing, right? Like yeah, that to one me barrel is each. like the happiest moment of the movie for me, man. Like, and they 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 took you down 
to give you what in wrestling is called a hope spot. Mm-hmm. Um, when the good guy is getting his ass kicked and it's not time for him to fully hit his comeback, right? And like really rile everyone up. But he needs to not just like die without hope. You know, like he's got to show signs of life every so often. So he gets mm-hmm. a couple a couple good strikes in before he goes back to getting his ass kicked. And I feel like that's what we're seeing in Two Towers. Yeah, you can't have part two of your trilogy. Same with like the original Star Wars. Like you've got the lowest of low points basically and you can't have it all just be darkness and sadness and just dread you got to have some success some like wins and like gandalf says the battle for uh the battle of helm's deep is won but the battle for middle earth is about to begin like we've had our small victory yes and there was a lot of darkness here but we do have a lot of a lot to conquer still and you know, it's kind of my my main thing about this movie comparing it to the first one. I'm not even thinking ahead to the third one yet. But, like, this one compared to Fellowship, just how different they are in terms of, like, the Fellowship just being about the nine-person elf, dwarf, hobbit, etc., wizard. The nine-character the nine uh, ensemble story it all gets splintered apart characters die they become different characters entirely and the theatrical version and the extended version i feel like do such a good job at pacing like frodo and sam are over here mary and pippin are in the forest aragorn legolas and gimli are off doing their thing and they kind of meet up with gandalf like everybody's kind of splintered off into their own story and i feel like it's paced and cut together so well that every story feels engaging and (laughs) i don't feel like i'm losing out when we cut away to another one my interest is peaked at all times for all stories and even though we change it you know and mary and pippin are at the front of my mind as soon as we transition into uh helm's deep or whatever i'm like okay i'm ready for this to be at the front of my mind now so well this like it primarily i feel like is a movie about legolas gimli and aragorn um like i feel like that's the a story of the movie we would spend so long with them and i'd be like oh my god i forgot about frodo and sam what are they up to um you know (laughs) like i would Mm -hmm. i would get so invested in what's going on with rohan and all that and um yeah mary and pippin are contained the whole movie so we transition between all these stories and um i don't know man it's weird because they it it has every reason to feel disjointed right because it's just three separate stories the only reason we're following them all is because we know them all right like um but it just it blends we know the fellowship is strong we know that this is all part of a larger scheme yes yeah, exactly. Back to you, Denny. What? <laughs> what? I don't I don't have any additional thoughts. Oh, okay, cool. Um well then let's get through the controversy, Greg. Yeah. All right. You texted me a little bit, so uh why don't you tell me what's going on? 
Greg. I would describe myself as a casual of Lord of the Rings. Um, it's a it's a term I coined. If you don't know your streets behind, it's called a casual, coined and minted, of someone who is a casual fan but has a high degree of investment in the things they're casually interested in. I care, but I'm a casual. Mm-hmm. You're more of a hardcore than I am, is what I'm is what I'm prefacing this with. Mm-hmm. As someone who just likes these movies a lot, Greg, the extended edition of this movie is way too long and kind of boring at times. That's that's fine. And like I'm kind of used to that kind of prevailing thought. Listen, Sad Arwen, I don't need all of that. Right? Yes. Like, <laughs> we got reminded of that exact same story beat like four times in a row. <laughs> like, we we don't need it for as long as we get it. And yes. I'm totally fine with that. Like I said at the beginning, this is 20 extra minutes of film. So, I'm I'm not going to criticize somebody for saying holy shit this three hour and 40 minutes of like pure characters on screen is a little bit too long i'm not going to get mad about somebody having that opinion uh i did text you uh fuck you i i think (laughs) (laughs) i'll walk back on that maybe just a little bit and say like uh fuck you but i understand and fuck you but i'm not mad so well I, I, not everybody has to love it i've had watch parties where we watch like all three and i'm the only one like fully engaged the whole time and everyone else is falling asleep and whatever and I'm like you fucking casuals so like i get it it's <laughs> well that's that's the problem i needed to be fully engaged so i could talk about this right like um and Greg, like the first two hours of this movie are just lore, like them learning lore as they go from like location to location. And it kind of reminds me of the part I hate about playing a new video game where it's like, go to this person and he'll give you the fishing rod. And you're like, oh my God, sweet. I can't wait to fish. And then you try to fish and it's like, whoa there, buddy. You can't fish until you take fishing lessons from this character. Um, and then you go to that character and it's like, sure, I'll give you fishing lessons for 500 acorns. And then you have to go collect acorns. Wait, what are acorns? (laughs) You might ask. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I feel like the first half of this movie is. And it's not, it's not bad. It's good stuff. It's stuff that was needed, but they just keep telling each other backstory just over and over and over again. And it's, it's, it's a little bit of a chore to sit through is all I'm saying. Cause it's not like, mm-hmm. it's like, first of all, like this movie blends together much more than fellowship does and much more than return of the King does. Cause like I've seen this movie. I don't know how many times I've seen it a bunch yeah and i don't have a lot of like distinct memories of it you know i'm like okay helms deep happens 
uh, Mary and Pippin meet Treebeard, and there's a lot of Smeagol, and then they crush Skysengard, or Isengard. Sorry, that's what yeah. we fucking used to call our cabin. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, they crush Isengard. You know, like, that's what I remember. That's what sticks with me. And that's all, for the most part, except just lots of Smeagol. Like, the last 40 minutes of the movie. Um, mm-hmm. There's just a lot of, like... A lot of a lot of talking, a lot of, a lot of talking, and a lot of how Rohan came to be the way it is, and a lot of telling instead of showing of that. I like a lot of talking. I think that's just the difference, man. I do like a lot of talking. I like words. Words, if they feel egregious, I'll get pretty annoyed and bored pretty quickly. If there's words followed by no action, I'll be a little upset. But I think this is valuable words. Um, ended with fun, engaging, engrossing action. So this passes my test. I'm totally fine. Thumbs up from Greg. But at the same time... This is nearly four hours of a lot of talking, so I do understand some hesitancy from you um, not being as in love with it as I am. So I'm not going to try to convert you, I guess. Thank you. Thank you for respecting me. And I don't I don't dislike it. All I'm saying is it was it was it was a bit of a chore to get through. And I probably wouldn't have done it if we weren't doing the podcast, you know, whereas like okay. fellowship, I was like, fuck yes, fuck yes, fuck yes, you know, like the whole time this and I, I wouldn't even say I wouldn't even say it needed more action because it, and it's not like the talking was wasted, but it's mm-hmm. like I'm hearing a lot about Rohan, which I have no investment in, right? Like there's there's. They're just explaining that Rohan exists to me and why I should care for so long. Yeah. And I'm like, this just isn't really something that was set up in the previous movie. I know it was, nerds. But, like, not... (laughs) Not, like... Not in the same way that, like, meeting Smeagol was. Right? Mm -hmm. Like... And I, I think that, like, the talking in Lord of the Rings... Or Fellowship of the Ring... It was just more engaging to me because they were in places like the Mines of Moria or they were in Rivendell. And that's where we're hearing about a lot of this lore. And it just feels more organic and uh, and again, just more engaging because we're going to cooler places. Whereas like this movie is like all in fields, you know, like the, the whole mm. thing is, is taking place in fields. What, um, if, uh, what if it was in a Skyrim town? Or what if it was in like a a rocky pass? <laughs> yeah, we're we're discovering less magic, I guess, and we're just yeah. kind of like riding out to meet like the downtrodden uh, communities that are being affected by evil taking over the world. Like Rohan is like an established place, and it's just like oh, thatch roof cottages burned down by Trogdor, and. <laughs> You know, but we do have Bill the Butcher on a horse. They keep calling yes. him Aomer. That's really weird. Um, yeah, it's Billy Butcher. Everyone knows that. Everybody knows that. Uh, duh, hello. 
Um, but yeah, I, I, I feel like Discovery of Lore is, it still kind of has a little bit of magic in my heart. And I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I can't, I can't complain. I'm not mad in any way whatsoever. But if somebody is more hesitant to learning new things about shit they may not care about or feel super strong connection to i get it and it's like oh this is this feels like we're being introduced to old world stuff i feel like i'm not yeah uncovering something new is just like yeah everybody knows about this trash ass town <laughs> like who cares yeah well that's like fantasy is super not my genre either like i really don't enjoy fantasy um these movies are just so fucking good that i really like them you know but this it leans more low fantasy than high fantasy for two towers um i know we still have creatures like treebeard and nazgul's um uh, so it's hard to call this low fantasy but like basically the aragorn gimli legolas arc and a lot of frodo's is pretty low fantasy you know like um i don't know man it's not something i'm mad about it's not something that I think was like wrong or bad. I'm just like, as someone who's seen this movie a lot already, I honestly almost never remember the lore and it's like learning it for the first time, you know, like, um, I'm like this time I'm really going to pay attention to what uh, Billy Butcher says. Yeah. And um, it, it is a lot of, here's this new character and here's his son, but his son is dead now. And here's this, here's his son and his, actually his daughter now. And here's his daughter's brother, their cousin, that's his cousin. Actually, we got to talk about his son and then the, he's dead. He's going to kill this guy mm -hmm. and the orc killed mm -hmm. this brother. And you're just like, mm -hmm. there's a lot of depth and, you know, connection you're supposed to feel for a character that is, you're introduced to them in their death, right? Yes, like yes, King, they're already dead, yeah. We're supposed to really feel for King Théoden when his son dies and we never met the son except in near death. And mm -hmm. then he dies and we're just like, okay, I don't think I ever really saw the son at all. Like, what was his name again? Of course, it's yeah. sad that a, a a father lost his son. No father should ever have to bury their child, as he says. But I didn't really feel a connection there. So I'm well, just now mention, getting like, used to him. Theoden has fucking sucked for most of the time that we knew him. Right? Well, <laughs> like, then he's magically better. Quite literally, magically better. Um, <laughs> he uses <laughs> magic to get better. Well, he breaks um, the spell. Yeah. Which is cool, and we'll get Which into that. Cool. But it's just like, yeah, I, I totally see what you're saying. Is this, like, decrepit old sack of shit who's horrible at running a kingdom had a son we don't know die? Okay. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, it's, like, what am I supposed to feel about that? Yeah. Uh, I feel the performances, I guess. Um, I'll... I don't want to... Are you, are you kind of done talking about this sort of thing, or... Are you, can I, I pretty much us? only have good things to say after this. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I just wanted then, to get I wanted to get our little spat out of the way so the the air could be clear. Very good. Air is cleared, and I will transition us back by asking you a question. The orc that meets up with Urukai and wants to eat Marion Pippin's legs. Does he not look exactly like modern day Hulk Hogan? 
<laughs> I think that's a yes. <sighs> Brother. <laughs> never appear without a do rag. Uh, so, <laughs> can you believe Hulk what Hogan about their legs, brother? <laughs> they don't need them. Let me tell you something, dude. Meat's back on the menu, boys. <laughs> dude, same leathery skin. Oh shit! <laughs> never gonna unsee that. If the N-word existed in Middle-earth, he would have said it. Um. So, on that on that note of that scene, would you agree with me that the the orcs and the Urukai with dialogue is that some of the best makeup in the history of cinema? I was that was going to be my next point, honestly. Like Yes. <laughs> yes, it question. is like legit some of the best ever done, if not the best ever done. It's amazing. It's so fantastic. And like, God, I don't know how much else you have to say about it, but I'll, I'll gush about it a little bit more. It's just like, Please. you get the Urukai, you know, you get the one bad guy that we kill, that he kills Boromir in the first movie. Uh, spoilers. And that's the real main close up we get. And this gives like, more Urukai, more faces, and more orcs, more faces and personality. We just like we feel them as real creatures, and we hate them because mm -hmm. they're so evil, and they, ugh, they're just. And that lets us. We don't have to keep doing that as the movie goes on. We understand their faces basically, and by the time we get to Helm's Deep, you know, we know what these guys look like, so we don't need to. I feel like they still put a, a lot of effort into their makeup, but they're just kind of covered up by helmets and armor uh, later mm -hmm. on. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's incredible. That's just kind of like it a just, little side note, but they're they're so, they look so good. There's no part of it that seems like a dude in a costume, like nothing. It just seems no. like that's a real orc talking, <laughs> like unbelievable. Yeah, and you really start to see. And understand the difference between orc and urukai. Yeah, it's <laughs> you know it's to us it's just like the bad guys basically. But yeah. seeing them interact with each other, you're like, oh, there's like a kind of rivalry here in like misunderstanding or like they just a lack of respect. It's just we think it's just oh all of these evil creatures, but no, there's like animosity towards each other and personality yes. and you can tell the difference between an urukai and an orc and neither of them look like human actors wearing a bunch of makeup yeah. except for the one that looks like hulk hogan so <laughs> well hulk hogan uh, i wouldn't say he looks like a human uh... <laughs> Brother, um, he looks like a dude in mediocre makeup effects <laughs> but, um dude can you imagine the constant bickering and these evil ass little orc creatures? Like, I, I love that scene because it's really the only time that like we get to see them, and and it's a criticism of Tolkien, basically saying that they're inferior races that we shouldn't care about and we shouldn't think about their motives. They're just evil and bad, right? Like that's a 
probably pretty accurate accurate uh critical race theory informed reading of lord of the rings but mm. <laughs> um that's the only time that we get to see that like these creatures have like desires and conflicting interest and ways of resolving things amongst themselves and they they just seem so much more human even though they start eating each other really quickly after that <laughs> <laughs> yeah as soon as you start understanding them on a human level you're quickly reminded that they are actually not human at all so yeah stop yeah. that cut it out so what did you think about the increase in cgi in this movie that's something i wanted to you're reading my fucking mind dude like hey the makeup and i guess prosthetic work i don't, I don't really know uh, yeah makeup for the Urukai and the orcs feels a lot more real but at the same time with like the wargs and that kind of thing the scale yeah. has gotten bigger we need a, a lot more cgi i feel fine with it it's one of the it's like the muppets man it's like i see the strings i see like I can see the pixels or whatever, but it's just like, I'm not lost on it. It's just, it makes it more endearing to me. It's just like, we can't get giant deer wolves. Like those don't exist. So we have to CGI the yeah. entire squad of warg riders. <laughs> and like, we have to CGI, we can't get an actual army of 10,000 Urukai. So we got to fill in the gaps with a computer somehow. And like, I see those strings and I feel it more like a sense of endearment watching it. I don't really, my immersion isn't broken. It's like my nostalgia is <laughs> kind of tickled a little bit, I guess. And I'm just like yeah. en enamored with it. I'm not enamored with it. <laughs> um, there, there's, there's parts where I think it really works and parts that I'm not as big of a fan of, and I'll get into those a little. But this is not an era of, like, computer graphics where they were, like, they'd improved a lot, but they also weren't that good yet. You know, like, I, I don't mm -hmm. I don't get nostalgic for the way things looked in this time period in general. Um, I'll start with the good. Treebeard looks really good. Um, oh, yeah. That... That is a CGI character I could connect with. Looks good by modern day standards. Uh, pretty damn impressive. Um, the fall of Isengard looks really, really, really good. Um, mm -hmm. Would I have loved it if they found a way to do that practically with miniatures? Of course I would have, but here's the thing. And, and, mm, go ahead, go ahead. You simply could not have gotten the shots that they got. Yeah. Of Isengard falling, practically. Yeah. You could have still done it, but you could not have done it anything like what we saw. Yeah. Um, it just wouldn't have worked, so I respect that they went CGI on that, because whatever they would have done practically would have had to be so much less cool. Right? Like, they, yeah. just, they, they couldn't have gotten those shots. Yeah, undoubtedly. And what I was going to say, man, is like, I feel like some of that stuff was miniatures, was practical. Like, the stuff you're talking about, like, they had to do CGI 100%. But I feel like yes. breaking the dam 
break the dam. Like, I think that was miniatures, like breaking the break, uh, the barricades of the of the river. Yeah. Those looked like miniatures. I feel like it is a very good mix of practical and CGI, because again, you cannot that scope and scale you cannot do all in miniatures or you cannot do practically and full scale that kind of thing like there were certain hindrances and i feel like they compromised very well where they needed to but also did do 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 diligence (laughs) i said do 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 diligence to make (laughs) Uh, certain parts of it feel as real as as they could you know possibly do effectively yeah and that's why it's so great right um two things that really don't work for me as i've said before i don't like when an entire character is cgi because i can't connect with it it breaks my it breaks my immersion that's what i'm looking for my suspension of disbelief you already talked about one of them, which is the wargs, which, by the way, look really good when they do those close-up facial shots. Yeah, Don't get me yeah, wrong. Like, exactly. When it's look really good. When it's all of them, you see them from a distance, and there's a bunch of them. You can really tell the CGI. But when it's like one of the wargs like staring down Gimli, you're like, that looks pretty fucking real, actually. Pretty badass. Yeah. Yeah. But that's that's a scene where I'm supposed to like fear these things, and I just feel no fear for them. You know, like mm. I'm, I, I just, it just constantly reminds my brain that what I'm watching isn't real and I shouldn't care very much about it. Which brings me to, I don't know if this will be a popular take. No disrespect to the work of Mr. Andy Circus, because he is fantastic. Fully CGI Smeagol has never worked for me. Like, not in the theaters in never? 2002. What? Never worked for me. Never? I love Andy Serkis. I love the portrayal of the character. He's just not real enough looking. Like, it's just, it's it's always, it's always reminded me that I'm watching a movie. Um, And that's one that I'm like, I really think you could have found a way to do this with makeup that looked really good. Um the the fully cgi smeagol i've i've never liked it well that's just like your opinion man (laughs) Uh, no like i get it and especially on this watch through i i find it a little hard to believe that you felt that way the whole time but (laughs) It doesn't, it doesn't like ruin the movie for me. It's just, it's always bothered me. I didn't think it was the right call in 2002. For real. Okay. Yeah, fine. I was 12 and I was already pretentious about CGI. Oh, fuck you. You little little sissy boy. Think you're better than me? Piece of shit. Sorry, Greg. I'm just so Uh, used to hearing that from someone else. Oh, no. I wish you played better football. Uh, I don't know. Am I doing it right? Yeah, you're nailing it. <laughs> I don't want to be One your second, dad. I gotta call my therapist. <laughs> oh, I don't want to you be your dad. Lines. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's something that was a a little bit featured in the first movie and a little bit here too. How do you feel about the Deus Elf Machina of 
something being ethereal, just like magical and makes you invincible. And it's just like, oh, it's elvish. So, you know, indestructible stuff. I'm totally cool with it um, because cool. I, I like the elves. I think, I don't know if I'd say this now, but growing up, I definitely thought Legolas was the coolest character in the series. Um, now I'd probably go with Gandalf, but like Legolas was mm. my guy growing up. Um, okay. I like the elves. Um, again, I do think they're a little pretentious, but I like them. Um, it's such a like, fuck yeah moment when basically like Gandalf and Legolas have just had a prepare to die conversation. Um, and then the elves show up and you're like, oh my God, they've got a chance. So mm -hmm. you're telling me there's a chance, right? Like mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's really cool. And um i'm taking that you may not have the same opinions what say you about uh about deus elf machina i'm i'm pretty fine with it honestly like i i brought it up just to kind of see what you thought and because i was pretty proud of deus elf machina but you That's know it. <laughs> nailed it nailed between it. mithril and just like oh lambus bread it's like superfood <laughs> take a little bite and you're good to go for a day yeah. um stuff like that it's just I feel like the filthy casual can point at and say like, oh, the Elvis stuff just does it because it's just like a convenience. But a fantasy dork will probably look at it and say like, of course, we need to understand that these beings are very magical. And when they die in Helm's Deep, it carries like a certain kind of weight where you're yeah. just like, oh, shit, like this battle is getting so out of hand that like elves are dying. Main character elves sub main yeah. character elves i guess <laughs> so um well, I, I like i like having a race that's like a little bit transcendent of what we would understand as people yeah no i i like that too and i'm also fine with everybody having like an s tier item on their character at the time at all mm. times just because i'm like here's the thing like okay but in this story those items are really really hard to get like Sam had to meet fucking Galadriel to get a perfect piece of rope. And that's all he yeah. got, by the way. Like, he didn't get, like, a fucking uh, bow and arrow that can't miss or something like that. He got a really, really good piece of rope. All right? I, like, I wish he got a 9mm Beretta or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't think any of the items they have are OP. And even, like, the Lemus bread, I'm like, that just cuts out something that would have been annoying, which is how did they get food. food yeah right like it's like oh they fucking they didn't have to worry about it you fucking happy nerds right like I, yeah i don't want to see sam and frodo foraging right like i don't care um so yeah it's 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 it helps that the, they've had a special interaction with the elves right like not everyone has these items they're treated like a big mm. deal mm -hmm. um and it, they seem like they're not a big deal because all of our fellowship members have them, right? But, like, in reality, like, no one else in the world really has them, just elves. Every time they come up later to other characters outside the fellowship, they're like, holy shit, you have this item or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, it, I think it kicked off Gimli's obsession with blondes, for example. <laughs> uh, Eowyn's a snack. I don't know. <laughs> according to, according to him, she gave me three. 
It's so weird. It's what I've noticed on this watch through. First of all, that Gimli is just always, always, always getting brought down to earth. Like he is just humble pie, humble pie the whole fucking time. First two movies, Gimli getting humbled, but also that like, I never really thought of him as the comic relief. And that's like absolutely mm -hmm. what he is in two towers. Yeah. Like, the Battle of Helm's Deep is one of the most immersive, like, battle scenes I've ever seen in a movie. And it's broken up with, you know, we'll take a peek into Frodo and Sam and Faramir. And we'll, like, look in on Treebeard and Isengard. And the we keep coming back to Helm's Deep. And Gimli's cracking wise over there, man. Yeah. Like he, him and Legolas have kind of established their friendships. They're trying to, um, you know, impress each other with their kill count for the Urukai, that kind of thing. So mm -hmm. I think and 42 I say, and 43 is a little bit of a low estimate. I thought they killed one. Well, the last one was still flinching. No, Gimli got him. It's because his axe is embedded in his nervous system. <laughs> 100%. I do got to say, though, man, like, I feel like. Peter Jackson showed a lot of restraint by not having Legolas do a kickflip with that shield that he rode <laughs> like down the stairs. God, that's so fucking cool. Immersion breaking, you may call it, but at least he didn't do a uh, pop shove it with a Urukai shield down the stairs. So there you go. If I remember one thing from this movie, it is that. It is that Legolas skateboards on a shield down the stairs while shooting people. That is the one thing that has always stood out to me about Two Towers in the best way. It's so fucking cool. And, like, okay, it's fucking hilarious. It's obviously, like, comical, like, trying to appeal to the youths at the time. But it's like, it. he didn't just skateboard down there. He, like, kicked it into the chest of an Urukai to kill him. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, fuck, yeah. that's... It, it had an exclamation mark at the end. I will say that. Yeah. So while while we're on the subject, would you agree with me that Helm's Deep is A, the best battle in the series, and B, better than... Fuck, a bunch of stuff just fell over. Better than hear, any battle in the, in the entire Game of Thrones series. Oh my god. Okay, I actually did want to talk about this. I will, first of all, to answer your question, yes, I do agree with you. Awesome. Um, to elaborate, holy shit, we're already in a fantasy world. We can have, like, a battle scene that, at night that we can see. Okay? Like, oh, I've got a great quote about this. Go ahead, Just, though. Just tell me the fucking moon is bright. I don't give a shit. There was, like... That episode, you know the episode, that episode of Game of Thrones, we we light swords on fire with magic, and everyone's like, oh, it's not realistic to have it uh, actually visible. Just turn up the brightness on your TV. I have <laughs> never been told to turn up the brightness on my television to be able to see the shit that is happening on screen. Fuck yeah, you. Yeah, that's ridiculous. It's fucking insane. Just say the moon is bright tonight. Oh, there's two moons on this planet. What? A, who gives a shit? Just fucking make it visible. Oh my <laughs> god. What a shitty show. Oh my god. So there's a. That's where I'm at. 
semi-famous uh, anecdote from when they were filming Helm's Deep. And the gaffer was asking Peter Jackson what the motivation for the lighting was. And Peter Jackson said, the motivation is that it's a movie. (laughs) (laughs) That's where the light is coming from, because we're trying to film a movie that you can see. He didn't even bother justifying where this light was coming from. And guess what? No one ever questioned it. No one ever questioned it. This makes me like him more. Fucking hell. (laughs) No, absolutely. Did you ever watch the Battle of Helm's Deep and be like, "But where is I hate all of this that I visibility this. coming from?" <laughs> yeah, I, like... I, I I hate that I can tell what's going on. Grr. No, you understand that not. they're going to show you what's going on, whether or not the characters could really see it. Jesus, guys, <sighs> get over yourselves. That's all I gotta say. So Fuck yes, Game of I. Thrones. Um, one of the best battle scenes. I, I did like the Battle of the Bastards in whatever oh, episode great. that was. It's great. It's great. I think Helm's Deep is a little bit more engaging, a little bit more... It ain't no Helm's Deep, baby. It ain't no Helm's Deep. That's all I'll say. That feels a little bit more pivotal, and I can definitively see everything. Once again, I think, like... <laughs> I think I watched, like, bonus features one time, and it was, like, the stunt... Uh, the stunt people talking about how... Uh, Viggo Mortensen, like, because, you know, it's not, it's the same stunt actors getting killed over and over. And they're just like, yeah. John Rice Davies and Viggo Mortensen are punching the fuck out of us. And we're tired. <laughs> <laughs> we have to climb up the stairs and be killed. And then we have to go over here on the bridge and get killed. And they're fucking destroying us. And we're exhausted <laughs> and stuff like that. <laughs> Uh, it's it's cool and good and uh what a what a scene what a what a picture helm's deep is fucking awesome um man oh i forgot good cgi the theoden transition from from old 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 muppet theoden to to real human theoden uh real human king (laughs) <laughs> talk about a seamless edit man and it's, the it's... king of rohan all right <laughs> no like i was watching that when i watched it i was like okay this is where he transitioned from like old to like his natural self i was looking for like i said some of those strings being pulled i was like this this still looks incredible like this looks really mm-hmm. good um so yeah uh no complaints there good cgi thumbs up um so i asked this uh i asked this last episode in this episodic quest movie Mm -hmm. other than Mm -hmm. helms deep what is your favorite sequence i kind of anticipated your your question here and yeah i i had that in my mind a little bit i i kind of am leaning towards like what i call the purifying of isengard Mm mm-hmm I think that's just so, so fucking satisfying. Just like all the trees, like the awakening of the forest throughout the entire movie, just culminating in like destroying one of the two towers, basically, or just like dethroning the power of one, like nullifying one of the two towers. They uh, 9-11'd it, so to speak. Hmm. Just the South Tower. Um, But (laughs) 
yeah it, it's incredibly well earned it's oh, man it's believable that they would destroy this in this manner so i kind of went with that it's one of the themes that wasn't explored in the first movie because i didn't think it was like very prevalent but nature taking over nature is also getting taken over here like the fires mm -hmm. of industry are destroying middle earth not only the people but like nature itself is also getting destroyed so nature itself fighting back i think is extremely cathartic so <laughs> i gotta go with what I, I i like calling it this the purifying of isengard i like that a lot i like that phrase um believe it or not my favorite non-helms deep sequence is uh frodo sam and smeagol captured by faramir um, i i did want to yeah i was hoping you would say something about that yeah yeah i dig the drama it, it felt like something was finally happening first of all um <laughs> but like oh i'm on the edge of my seat when like theramir's doing the whole like um like they wait for my command should i tell them to fire right like it's mm -hmm. so fucking good and um for the first time you're seeing frodo really get delineated not by like having to fight a bigger monster than he thought but by like his plan truly getting fucked up and you're seeing them scramble a little bit to get through it um, mm -hmm. we huge like fan they... and it's in a vibey cave the whole time too yeah exactly like they set off to finally be on their own and they're like tackling this quest themselves and they've chosen to entrust like this creature and it's really weird to kind of see them get taken back into the fold of like an army of men mm -hmm. you're just like i thought we kind of abandoned this yeah but it <laughs> like of course this would happen it feels natural it feels right it feels well explored so i'm i'm glad you picked it yeah, man, it's it's a very <clears throat> very good story beat uh, sequence for me, and very good uh, narrative changing moment for Mister Baggins. Um, on that note, I wanted to ask you something else. Does mm. the emotion of Frodo and Sam's relationship hit for you in just this movie, in the Two Towers? Um, I would say so. I think it's hard to mentally separate it with Return of the King, mm -hmm. I guess. Just like, I know how this whole thing kind of goes. So I'm a lot more invested in watching their relationship in this movie. Yeah. But that's that's kind of interesting to think about, I guess. Like, just this movie, what do I... Do I feel a real connection to the two of them's relationship? And I don't know. I think I do. Um, it's kind of, I wanted to get into it later, I guess, but like Sam's monologue at the end of the film, I feel mm -hmm. like really, if it wasn't, if I didn't feel connected and like endeared by their relationship at this point, Sam's monologue at the end solidifies it. Sure. Basically. Sure. That's a, that's probably the only moment in this movie. It works for me. Um, I mean, like. I feel it when Sam is following him on the boat at the end of Fellowship, right? Yeah, I, of course you are. I like, I I'm cry with when they're on the cracks of Mount Doom, right? Like, 
talking to each other. I'm, I'm glad to be here with you, Samwise Gamgee, here at the end of all things. That part makes me cry. I have always thought that something is just kind of off about their chemistry in the two towers. And I get that, like, Frodo's getting more corrupted. Frodo is kind of, or Smeagol's triangulating. You know, like, they're kind of at odds for most of the movie. Mm-hmm. But there's just something about that friendship that super doesn't work for me in two towers. I've never been able to quite put my fingers on it. It's a little, it's a little too forced. Um, it's, it's like, uh, Brad Pitt and George Clooney in oceans 11, where you're expecting me to care about their friendship. Cause you keep telling me what good friends they are, but you're not really showing me a lot of touching moments from that friendship to make me really care about it. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that. But it's me. You're Sam. Don't you recognize you're Sam? I'm his gardener. That's one of my favorite lines. Are you his bodyguard? His gardener. Said with a lot of severity and sincerity. So They're just like begging them to believe like, we are a couple of fuck up losers who are doing something very important. We cannot defend here. ourselves. Leave us alone. We are not a threat. But I swear to God, we're like two regular ass dudes out here running around having a quest. <laughs> but also, it's kind of like super extre- extremely important that you let us go. Yeah. You'll thank us later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to do something that's going to make a lot of people very happy, but we can't tell you what it is. We, but we swear <laughs> it's a surprise um <laughs> all right uh are you ready to get into gimmicks for this one bud yes i just i had a few stray notes um let's see eowyn fears nicholas cage it's the only thing she fears uh is, is a cage um <laughs> give oh. shadow facts a mini series on disney plus um frodo has a really quality uh frodo o face in the ghost swamp for those of you who are keeping track of the o face chronicles on frodo Jesus Christ. um laugh my ass off at aragorn tracking orcs miles away by listening to rocks but completely missing the riders of rohan when they're like 20 feet away on a bunch of horses <laughs> caught him <laughs> off guard um and also, only Gandalf would make such a big fuss about being Gandalf the White only to immediately put on a gray cloak. That just... <laughs> that was funny to me that he immediately went back to gray after it. And it did have a purpose later, so I couldn't mock it too much. But uh, I was like, God, you just did this whole thing. Did this whole theatrical... You, you, did, a ha- you did a mislead, made him think Saruman was coming. Just to put gray on over your white robe. Just to do it immediately, mm. Gandalf. Come on. <laughs> like, they're not even yeah. out of the forest yet, and he has it on. <laughs> I'll touch on that a little bit later. Um, That's what I do said. have a question for you. Shut up. I'll t- <laughs> I will ask you, Denny, for the gimmick of the week, month, episode, work mm-hmm. week, what is your favorite achievement in work-life balance? Well, it wasn't just my favorite achievement in work-life balance, Greg. It was my favorite achievement in balance in general. That's right. Legolas shield surfing down the stairs because he found a way to have fun while he was doing his job, which was to kill orcs. Um, You know, it's, it's little moments, games that we play at the office to just make the day a little more fun. You know, like we, we, everyone invents like, 
some stupid little in Dunder Mifflin they have Dunderball, right? Like, and everyone has like some stupid thing like that that they're keeping track of that just makes the day a little more bearable and gives you a fun structured way to goof off a little bit without drawing too much attention to the fact that you're not working. Legolas balanced it all out. You know, it was a hard battle and he basically found a cool way to tell everybody he skateboards, you know, like that's awesome. I love it again. Could have kick flipped, but he didn't. Yeah. Um, mine is going to, to... Gaudy. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, showed real restraint. Uh, mine is going to be Smeagol smacking the fish against the rock. We've kind of established the scope of the war at hand, and we've even got his own life being in danger with Faramir's men. Shall I shoot? Pointing bows and arrows at him, and he's just living his life. He's like, you know what? Frodo and Sam kind of fucked off, so I can kind of do my own thing. I gotta eat. I'm gonna smack my fish on the rocks and sing my little song. So All we wish to catch a fish. A fish. So juicy, so juicy sweet. sweet. Exactly. You see? I love that song. Cutting it up, enjoying life. He's truly living his best life, like, not knowing that, like, his life is about to end, basically. (laughs) He's just like, fucking, yeah, I got a fish. Woo, woo, woo. (laughs) We must go now. So, Denny, what is your favorite line from The Lord of the Rings, Colin, The Two Towers? Potatoes! Boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew! yep we've we've heard the remixes folks so good potatoes that's your favorite line though let me see i think so uh i I just wanted to make sure that (laughs) that was um another another memeable one that i really do love is uh looks like meets back on the menu boys that's obvious goes Mm. without saying just found a note why would anyone trust worm tongue he's obviously evil just look at him bad muppets are less obviously evil and i'll stand by that um uh my other uh i'm gonna go with potatoes but i'll, I'll give a runner up to we have agreed you are not orcs just for Treebeard's delivery <laughs> very funny um what about you a couple runner-ups runners up maybe uh sam's closing monologue that i already referenced a little bit that whole thing i didn't type it out uh you should seek it out it's really good Uh, one line that could have used uh some sunglasses and maybe some air horn sound effects gandalf the white gandalf the fool destroyed devastating line from saruman but my favorite line because it's matched with my favorite physical action Gandalf uh, meeting King Theoden and they're collecting all the weapons and Gandalf says oh you would not part an old man from his walking stick when they ask for his staff and then he gives a slick little wink to Aragorn (laughs) and like Any other time you see a character in a movie wink at somebody, you're like, okay, how did everybody not see that? But when he does it here, it is very slick and just like, yeah. it's like, it's it's perfect. 
I've never seen anybody wink in a movie. And I'm like, oh, that was good. Uh, <laughs> He's got that Gandalf swag, man. He's got that Gandalf slickness. Ian McKellen crushes it yet again. All right. We've talked at length here. Movie number two, Denny. You gave Fellowship yes, of the Ring a 50 out of 50. What do you give the two towers on your ranking scale? A 44 out of 50, which is still a very high grade, um, but uh, not quite the tippy-tippy top. And you know what? It's the middle of a trilogy. What are you going to do? I'm not even that mad about it, but I do think... Uh, I mean, like... <laughs> this whole trilogy is in the high forties for me. Right. Like, um, Mm -hmm. but like, I do think this is a dip in quality from the other two, uh, while still being one of the better movies ever made, you know, like, I just think the other two are that good, you know? Very nice. What'd you say? 44. Yeah. Okay. Very nice. Uh, for me, I kept a little bit of consistency here. I gave the last one a 36. I gave this one a 36 as well. All right. A lot of uh, nostalgia bias gets confirmed. I think they're very different movies, and I think they explore the shift in themes very well. And like I said, we're splintered off into these different storylines, and I feel like they're given exactly the right amount of time and attention uh, that they deserve. So... 36 out of 40. Love watching this movie. Again, maybe some of the sad Arwen bits are a little like, okay, we get it. Even when I was 12, especially when I was 12, I was like, okay, I'm suffering through this to get to the meat of the actual movie. But um, I'm not hating too much on it. Yeah. Cool, man. Very cool. Um, So what are we doing next week, Greg? Ah, <sighs> all right, Denny. Oh, sorry about that interruption, but um, looks like uh my microphone it actually has some some form of Elvish on here. Roughly translates to seamless edit. That's all I got. I did the whole thing last time for the outro, so that's all you get this time. It's a seamless edit, folks. It's quite cool. It's it's quite cool. <laughs> Legolas did a kickflip on the stairs. It's quite cool. It's rad as fuck, Frodo. Uh, Yeah. Sorry for the seamless edit. Denny and I had to take a little time out, a little T.O. to discuss what we were going to do for next week. Because uh, as much as we give off the vibe of being very professional podcasters we often lack the ability to plan ahead very well so we had to discuss what next week was going to be because we were going to do return of the king i'm glad you caught it because i wouldn't have we were just going to do return of the king and then we're like wait shit that episode were would release two days before christmas and then a christmas episode would be uh (laughs) irrelevant soon after so we need to tackle our christmas movie then we'll finish up with return of the king the week after and then the week after we will be going into our granny awards and then hey teaser the week after that it's a certain little holiday we've already celebrated twice on this podcast it will be friday oh kika kale mama ma. friday the 13th We've got a full slate lined up here. We've got a Christmas movie. We've got the 
conclusion of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. We've got the Grenny Awards, and we've got Friday the 13th. Part what? TBD. But one thing we have to BD right now <laughs> is what Christmas movie, <laughs> what Christmas movie we're going to do. This took about 10 seconds of discussion and decision making. Denny, what is our Christmas <clears throat> episode going to revolve around this year? I am so, so happy that we are going to cover the movie with the gift that keeps on giving. We are going to be doing Joe Dante's Gremlin, so don't you dare get us wet or feed us after midnight, because it's going to be bad news for you. You're going to have a bunch of evil versions of us running around, causing mayhem, watching Snow White, you you name it. We're going to do it. Greg's Mo is not to be fed after <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Dude, I'm very happy we're doing this. I've got a dog that looks like Gizmo, and you do. hey guys, I've never seen this movie. So, there you go. Get hyped. This is going to be my first watch through of Gremlins, and that's and going to be our this, Christmas episode next week. That means Gremlins mm. 2 is back on the menu, boys. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Because, Greg, you're going to oh. like Gremlins, but you're going to love Gremlins 2. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. It was I might basically just watch like, it anyways. Joe Dante was like, I don't want to make this movie, and I'll only do it um, if you let me complain about how much Hollywood sucks the whole time. <laughs> they were like, all right, Gremlins made a lot of money, so we're going to go ahead and let you do that. <laughs> it's just him shitting on the entertainment industry through his vehicle of Gremlins the entire time. I think I'm going to have a great time with that, honestly. Yeah, so You are. You are. They're both... Look, they're both great movies, man. Looking forward to that. Um, as you know, last year we already covered the greatest Christmas movie of all time with Muppet Christmas Carol. Yes. So our bases are covered. So tune in next week for a little bit of Gremlins chat, and we'll get right back to Lord of the Rings right after. So, Denny. We almost fucked that whole thing up. <laughs> <laughs> we were this close. <laughs> we got our recording dates confused with our release dates and also didn't realize that we were planning to record our christmas episode on the night of christmas day <laughs> and release it six days later <laughs> people want to hear a christmas episode during new year's right uh, it's that classic not. january 4th glow <laughs> ah three kings day yes i always I, I celebrate it by uh, storming the Capitol. So. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, I, 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 didn't, I didn't do that, guys. So, without I further ado, Denny. No, Greg did no. storm the Capitol. I saw him. I wore a mask. I'm good. <laughs> for what it's worth, he wasn't there for political reasons. He just likes chanting. <laughs> I saw the crowd, and I was like, what are we up to, folks? Uh... <laughs> Without further ado, Denny, why don't you uh, overthrow the catchphrase for us real quick? All right. For Greg Work, the first Tower Johnson, I'm Denny, the second Tower Taylor, and this has been Towers for Win? We already tooed you win, but you know what we didn't tell you? The only Where's thing the I Pentagon? fear is a cage again! <laughs>
Yeah.